The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Eastern Carolina's longest-running sports radio show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show is powered by Greenville Utilities and also brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostic Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, Papa John's, Pepsi, The Rick House, Greenville Utilities, BMS Builders, Seared Chop House, The Gavigan Agency, Taft Taft & Hagler, Tiebreakers, and Greenville Auto world and now here's brian bailey happy monday everybody happy victory monday east carolina winning that thriller up in philadelphia 49 46 over the temple isles pirates finish the regular season at seven and five next up is the bowl game and we don't know where the pirates are going to play we've got some ideas and we're going to share those with you coming up in just a bit malcolm gray joins us our good friend over at sports information his first season as the sports information director at east carolina taking over for the legend tom mcclellan so we'll have some thoughts with him coming up on the season and where the Pirates might play in the bowl game. And it's all coming up for you right after this. This isn't your regular cola. So this isn't your regular cola ad. No beach parties or family barbecues here. Just Nitro Pepsi. The first cola ever infused with nitrogen. So forget everything you thought you knew about soda, because that nitrogen gives us a whole new experience. Think an infusion of smaller bubbles for a cola that's got a lighter, smoother texture. And don't get me started on the pour. You don't pour this like any other cola. We're talking turn the can completely upside down and watch as those bubbles cascade into the glass to create a frothy, luxurious foam topping. Can your cola do that? I didn't think so. Unless you've got your own Nitro Pepsi. In which case, cheers to your great taste. Because you already know that the only thing better than the poor is the unapologetic cola taste. Ah. What else is there to say? From the creamy foam to the smooth texture to its unbelievably delicious flavor, this is cola like you've never had it before. Time to bring your taste buds to the next frontier. Nitro Pepsi. Smooth. Creamy. Delicious. It seems like places are giving you less and less food these days. Yes, mama, it's called shrinkflation. Oh, shrinkflation, that's just another word for robbery. But this is shackflation. What? Dang, that's huge. Extra pepperoni, extra cheese on that thing. Hey, Pirate fans, Papa John's is the MVP move for game day or any day. Place your order online at papajohns.com and sign up for Papa Rewards. Papa John's, better ingredients, better pizza. Go Pirates! BMS Builders is your premier custom builder in eastern North Carolina. With homes in Blackwood, Mills Creek, Dalton's Cove and Farmville, and Belmar and Aiden, they're constantly expanding. Now to Laurel Glen and Sarah's Way, plus the new duplex community at Abigail Trails. BMS Builders can build the home of your dreams. Just ask Dr. Dennis Ross in Greenville or ECU football coach Mike Houston. They built their homes and they can build yours as well. Call 916-1578 for BMS Builders. Greenville Utilities Electric customers will soon be able to receive text notifications in the event of power outages. Enrollment is automatic, so make sure GUC has your cell phone number by signing into your account at GUC.com, then update the information in your user profile. Want to talk with someone instead? Call 252-752-7166 during business hours. 252-752-7166. Update us so we can update you. Visit GUC.com for more information. 
This is John Gavigan with the Gavigan Agency. Our top priority is doing what is best for our members. Whether you are buying a new vehicle, a new home, protecting your family with life insurance, or filing a claim, our agency will be there every step of the way. Our goal is to become a trusted advisor for you and your family for all of your personal and commercial insurance needs. Give us a call in Greenville at 756-1400 for a car, home, business, or life insurance quote today. And give us the opportunity to show you the benefits of doing business with someone Someone who cares. Pirate Radio. It's important to me that we're able to connect the past, the tradition of East Carolina football, our current roster, and the future of what this program is going to be. The voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, providing reliable utility solutions to the Greenville region since 1905. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to our show on this Monday. We're going to talk uh, bowl games. We're going to talk about the 2022 college football season for this East Carolina Pirate football team. Malcolm Gray, assistant AD at East Carolina for Media Relations, joins us. And uh, Malcolm, first of all, congratulations on a job well done all year. Man, your first year of football, and you did a great job. Oh, I appreciate it. It's uh, it was difficult. Uh, it was fun, but uh, you know, I appreciate all the help that you guys do and all the media does to help uh, support our our uh, players and coaches. What I'd like to do is get you to tell us who the big pains are in, in the media, but I know you can't do that because you got to work with. They're them, all so you, good. Everybody's good. Yeah, everybody's good. You may be sitting by the biggest pain, <laughs> but when you look at at what you were expecting this job to be, has it been pretty much what you thought it would be? You were in the department. You worked with football, so you kind of knew a little bit about it, a lot of bit about. It probably yeah no it was it was what i thought it was going to be i mean there's a lot more uh meetings and a lot more things that i'm involved with than what i was in previous years as uh being the number two for football but uh it's just a lot of the day-to-day grind and literally it's uh it's groundhog day you get through the first week then it's the same thing each week each road week is the same each home week is the same so you get into a routine what really gets uh, a little hectic is when you have other sports that are starting because also responsible for a couple other sports now overseeing a department making sure uh, our new employees are working with the coaches and things like that so that's just it's a lot of time management more than anything and and, you know it's funny because it's a business trip when you go on the road with pirate football I mean basically that's what you know you get on that plane about one o'clock on a Friday and then you're back this time we were back relatively early we had some late nights where we were back you know early in the morning on Saturday morning but uh, they're business trips and for me personally now you guys have been doing it for a long long time a lot of you guys this is the second year I got to travel and I'm telling you it's it's one of the best things that's happened in my career I, I really enjoy going and really enjoy being around the team and seeing how everything you know the process that takes place on a road game is really neat yeah, it really is. And uh, for me, I like it because, you know, I was able to travel last year uh, solo and then this year. So a lot of the players know me. And, and this year it was an opportunity for me to be able to talk to the players a little bit more. You see me around in the hallways of the uh, hotel, you know, right before pregame afterwards. And uh, I get a chance to talk to them and get a chance to know their families when they come by the locker room and things like that. So uh, it is very neat. And, you know, once we land back in Greenville, uh, if it's a late Saturday, early Sunday, um, I'm, you know, maybe getting three, four hours sleep, and then I'm back in the office getting ready for the next week. Yeah, man, that's how it goes. It flies by, doesn't it? It, it does. It flies it's by. It's a blur. 
Uh, we're going to take a look back at the season coming up in just a bit, but I think what most people want to talk about uh, are the bowl possibilities for East Carolina, and there's nothing set in stone. You see all kinds of bowl projections. You see them, you know, they start putting those things out in September, I think, and, yeah. and you really can't tell what's going on. Uh, but what we do know, we do know the bowls that the American uh, is, is contracted with, and we know pretty much the possibilities for East Carolina as far as the bowls go. So uh, what we think right now, I think, and speaking for, for most people, everybody on the trip this weekend thought that, you know, and that's just anybody thinking. It may have been just one person thought it and told everybody <laughs> yeah, and everybody exactly. decided to go with it. Yeah. But we all tend to think that the Wasabi Fenway Bowl is the one that the Pirates are going to end up at. That's in Boston, Mass. That's going to be the first time that bowl has ever been played because they've had a couple of years where they had COVID and they had a cancellation. So this would be the first ever if the Pirates get to that bowl game. Uh, Wasabi is not what you think. Wasabi is a communications type uh, cloud storage type company. It's not the hot sauce. It's not the hot sauce. But, but it's but it's based on, I mean, they, they've got a look about it. But that's what the, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl is. Boston, Massachusetts. And that's an early bowl. Uh, that one's December 17th. So the team would probably leave sometime around the 11th or 12th to go up for the bowl activities. Now, what we don't know is how many bowl activities they're going to have at each one of these bowls and that kind of thing. But that kind of dictates it. The bowl will tell you, hey, we want you up here on this date. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. You know what they'll do is they'll uh, they'll tell you what's going on. And some of them are, you know, three-day deals. Uh, some of them, like what we've had in the past, uh, like in Birmingham in one, one year, um, the Liberty Bowl a couple years, it was almost a week event. So you get down there, you practice in the mornings, then you got things in the afternoons and the evenings, and there is downtime and stuff like that. But uh, right now, you know, we don't know where we're going. Um, I would tend to agree with you. Uh, looking at all the, the projections earlier this morning, Morning, uh, a lot of people have us going to you know the Fenway Bowl and playing a team from the ACC. The good thing about it is, is it's a December seventeenth game. It's a Saturday. Uh, it's also an eleven a.m. game, so it's the first game yeah. of that day. Yes, it is. Um, so if that is where you go, it's a good destination. Uh, it's probably going to be a little chilly, um, but uh, you know you can go there. You can go get the game in. Hopefully, come out with a win. And then uh, you come back, and then it gives the coaches a couple more days to prep for uh, signing day, which is on the 21st. All right, we'll take your questions and comments, too, on our Facebook Live feed if you have any. John writes in and says, will there be an official hotel for fans for the bowl game, wherever the bowl game is? And most of the time, the bowl games do have an official fan hotel. They'll have a team hotel for sure, and sometimes it's the same hotel, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes it is, and they'll typically have a media one as well. So, um, yeah, there should be one. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't know as of yet what bowl. I know last year for the military bowl that's exactly what they had um and you know they want to be able to get as many fans as they can to to come to see the game whether it's uh you know east carolina or its opponent Okay, so those those projections today, a couple of folks had Syracuse against East Carolina. Syracuse, of course, from the Atlantic Coast Conference and uh, East Carolina representing the American Athletic Conference. When you look at, at the Pirates, and, and something that Mike Houston said over the weekend uh, to us, and he said it to the team, that the, the victory over Temple put them, he said, in, in a better bowl situation. So what that tells me is that he's been told that that would put them in a different tier. And I think that when you look at what's going on right now, if if you know Cincinnati's out there, I think the the military would love to have Cincinnati if they can't get East Carolina. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, um, 
by by you know getting the win, it gives you seven wins on the season versus when we beat Temple. Um, but you're more attractive for you know a seven win team, so you kind of get a chance. There might be two or three bowls that are actually looking at you, and then all of a sudden uh, they might come back and say, "Well, okay, you know we got these three bowls. Which one do you want to go to?" And they work from that way. Uh, you know, if it would have been a loss on Saturday, you're you know six and six, then you're towards the bottom tier, and they're and they're going to say, "Well, this is all that's left, so this is where you're going to go." That's what I understand. And, and the old days of the bowls, you know, the bowls would send representatives. You know, I remember in '91 when the Pirates were on that roll, man, they were bowl reps from all over the, all place. Over the place. They wore their jackets, you know, their, their yeah. colorful jackets in the press box, and they were walking around handing stickers and handing you know pins of their bowls. And uh, but they don't do it anymore because everything's tied in with the conference. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, I think. Uh, two, maybe three years, right before we got the new press box, I think it was probably the last time we actually had bowl representatives that came in. So it's been a while since I've seen them in a, in a press box, that's for sure. Okay, so the bowl affiliations for the American Athletic Conference, the Military Bowl, of course, East Carolina was there last year against Boston College. The game was not played because of COVID uh, issues with the Boston College program, which was a shame. Uh, the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas, and the Independence Bowl, and that's in Shreveport, Louisiana. The, all of those bowls are before Christmas with the exception of the Military Bowl, which is December the 28th. Last year uh and if it is the military bowl last year the pirates spent christmas eve and christmas day uh at the military because the 27th was the bowl the 26th was a sunday yeah and saturday was christmas the 25th this year it would be the 28th and i don't know if the pirates would you know go up christmas eve if they would they hold them off a day we'll have to wait and see if that happens but uh that's all conjecture right now because uh, the the word is that perhaps the fenway bowl is the destination but uh, nothing official at all and it's just a bunch of guys just kind of looking at it. And <laughs> I think in our case, yeah, we, we've talked about this, is that Fenway Park, I've always wanted to see it. Yeah. I'd like to see the Red Sox play in it, but I don't think they're going to have a scrimmage while we're there or anything. But the, the, the Fenway, just the Fenway experience would be cool, I think. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm a huge Red Sox fan, and I think me and you and Brian Mito were all talking about it this weekend. I mean, I would love it, you know, just to be able to have access, to be able to walk around to different places in the stadium that, you know, fans don't get a chance to do you know and then uh you know go you know maybe get into the green monster get on top of the green monster just walk around on you know on such hollow grounds that for me as a red sox fan that'd be great you know and you think about the fenway bowl and the, and the uh, projections here says syracuse uh, i thought duke would be a better matchup. i think duke would be a better matchup for pirate fans but i can see where where you look at at syracuse because they're up north and one thing the american says is that when they're selecting bowl participants they do look at, at the region they try to put you in a region and i think that's why you see ucf a lot of time in the state of florida because there are a couple of bowls down there and you and, and you know, and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think it probably also helps uh, with with the travel situation. Um, you know, I know for traveling with baseball in years past to regionals and super regionals and things like that. You know, they try to keep you somewhere close because if it goes over a certain mileage, then the NCAA has to jump in and and pay a little bit uh, to to help offset the expense. But uh, yeah, and I can see that. You know, I've seen leading up to this week, I've seen Wake Forest, I've seen Duke, I've seen Louisville, and now I've seen Syracuse. As, right. As those are the, yeah. That's four. Uh, those are potential four for uh, the Fenway Bowl. And to be honest with you, any of those you may see Clemson before long if they uh, keep 
<laughs> they have fallen. They they have, but uh, you know, any of those will be will be fine. I mean, you know, we two of them, you know, basically in the same state as as uh, East Carolina. Then you have, you know, uh, Syracuse, which we have a rich tradition of playing against in years past, and then obviously Louisville being a former Conference USA affiliate. Yeah, it'd be all great matchups. So where the confusion comes in, I think, as far as the bowl games are concerned, and uh, we did have somebody just wrote in. I'll go back to it in just a second. That wanted to know when the official announcement. The official announcements will come coming up on Sunday afternoon when they start, you know, going down through the whole thing. Is that is that the correct to from, say? From what I understand, yes, it'll be done on ESPN and they'll have their bowl day stuff. Typically, what they do is they do the you know the big CFP bowls. They do those right. first, the, the New Year's the New Year's Six bowls, and then uh, they talk about those for a lot. And then I think you can flip over to ESPN too, and then they'll start rounding out other bowls and things like that. But uh, official announcement, you know, I would think would come on Sunday, unless for some reason whatever bowl selects us, they decide they want to go ahead and make their announcement, and then we would work with whoever we're playing against and the bowl to. to and and there's also the chance that it'll leak out beforehand because yeah. that that that's a good possibility because not only do you have you know our local media trying to get with the local people at East Carolina to try to you know figure out when the game is or who they're playing that kind of thing, but then you have the national media right. trying to do all the bowl games, so they're trying to break that story as well. So it could break either way. Yeah, yeah absolutely right like you know right before we came on we talked about you know one of the bowl projections someone had us going to Myrtle Beach playing Middle Tennessee State well Brett McMurphy uh, tweeted out that it sources have already said San Diego State and Middle Tennessee are going to play each other in the Hawaii Bowl so there, if that's the case and you turn right around well the projection that this person had ESPN with us playing Middle Tennessee State well now that's not correct right so yeah there, there are things like that I mean they've got they've got a job to do and you know ideally we like to keep everything you know if we know in-house so that way we can get everything prepared and that way, you know, phones aren't flooded with questions and things like that. We have everything ready on the back end, hit, you know, hit live and then fans have everything that they need right there. So they're not waiting, you know, for a long time trying to get a hold of, say, a ticket representative or, you know, someone maybe from our office, you know, regarding hotels and things like that. So we like to try to get everything done ahead of time. So that way, when it does go live, boom, we can hit it and we can go. All right, now the confusing part is that the American has three selections from a group of eight bowls, mm-hmm. and it can it can kind of bounce around, and that's why you hear you'll hear somebody say, "Well, I think the Pirates could go to the the Cure Bowl," and somebody says, "Well, the Cure Bowl is not part of the American you know situation." Well, yes, it is, and it isn't. I mean, it, yeah. they have a chance to get three selections from eight bowls. Yeah, basically, what it comes down to, and like the Birmingham one, you know, Birmingham, I believe, is a ACC. Uh, SEC game, but there could be a chance where there's not enough ACC teams or there's not enough SEC teams. So therefore, that's where the third selection, from what I understand, comes in from. Just like the Myrtle Beach Bowl, it's not directly tied to the American, but if uh, I think the Southern Conference or the Sun Belt and then whoever else they're supposed to be playing, you know, th- does not have enough teams, well then, boom, you know, East Carolina could go there because they could have they could be a really big draw. Those eight bowls, the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl on December the 21st, or 27th rather, in Birmingham. The Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, Florida. That's December 23rd. The Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, and that's December 27th in Dallas, Texas. The RoofClaim.com Bowl in Boca Raton, Florida. And Pirates played in Boca Raton yep. this year when they played uh, USF during the, uh, the weekend after the hurricane. Uh, the Frisco Bowl in Frisco, Texas, which is really 
really a cool place to see a, a football game. Uh, the home of the Cowboys down there. Uh, the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl in Orlando, Florida. And there is a contingent from, a contingent from Florida that think that that was a big chance for East Carolina. I mean, I, I talked to Ron Dowdy, uh, and he was saying that they had a whole group of folks that were trying to lure East Carolina to come down there and trying to get with the Cure folks. And I don't know where that stands now, but, but at least that was a possibility. Uh, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, as you said, Conway, South Carolina for that one, and the New Mexico Bowl in Albuquerque. Now, most likely, and you can't say anything's for you know definite, but most likely the Pirates would not be in the Mexico Bowl because of the fact that this thing is also kind of regionalized because they want fans to go. Now, obviously, the Hawaii Bowl is a different animal, but they want fans to try to be able to go. I have heard that, uh, I, think, I think Melissa, my wife, told me that the tickets, plane uh, tickets for Boston uh, were very similar from Pitt Greenville and Raleigh. So you can fly out either oh, place wow, for almost the, almost the same price. I don't think they were really, really that expensive. Uh, of course, as we get closer to Christmas, they may go up like everything else is going up right now. But, uh, but th- there you have it. The first ever Wasabi Fenway Bowl is what we're betting on right now if, you, if you're a betting man. But uh, like I said, this thing can change and can change quickly, can't it? It really can. I mean, uh, you know, <clears throat> last year I didn't think we were uh, – Early on, early on, I thought we were going to go to the military bowl, and then I'd heard we weren't. And then, you know, we uh, after the the Cincinnati game, which was the last game of the year, boom, there it was. It was out there, and we had an announcement, you know, two days later because uh, you know the military bowl wanted us. They knew we were going to travel. It was a good matchup, a uh, place where we've been, that we were familiar with. Just got a win earlier that year at uh, Navy. Uh, I believe that was the game-winning field goal. It was, a 54-yarder uh, yeah. from Owen so, Daffer. So, uh, yeah, we were very familiar with it. And, again, you know, hadn't been to a bowl in a while, so let Coach Houston and the university were like, uh, administration were like, let's go. You know, it's, it's a bowl. We know we got it. Let's start preparing for it and going. And, unfortunately, we weren't, weren't able to play that game. Yeah, and you look back to the military bowl. I think the guys, you know, the, the organizers there did a pretty nice job with it. They had it very well organized. I think they had, you know, the Pirates had a, a great hotel where they were staying at. The coaches and their wives and their their families were, you know, basically Santa Claus had to come to the hotel. I mean, that, that's what they had to do because, you know, the ones with young families. But I think the hotel did a nice job with trying to, to keep all that together because it's it's tough, especially for those coaches and the staff and that kind of thing to, you know, because what Christmas is all about family. And, and now with, with, with Zooms and with uh, FaceTime and stuff like that, you can at least, you know, be on. In fact, a uh, story, I, I think I told it when I got back, but we were at practice on Christmas Day. Uh, the pirates were just arriving. I had already gotten there, and I was talking to my daughter Caitlin and my grandson, who was two at the time, Luke. And so he had me on the FaceTime, and we were talking. Coach Houston walks by, and Coach Houston says, "Merry Christmas." And I, I said, "Luke, that's head coach Mike Houston." And he grabs the phone and he says, "Hey, Luke, how you doing, buddy? Merry Christmas that's to awesome. you." Yeah, and my daughter thought that she said nobody will understand what a great thing that was. I wish I could have recorded it and had it forever, but it was. It was cool. I mean, it was it was nice that, that Coach Houston took the time to say that and to do that. And he was in a great mood that whole week because if you remember, the Pirates had great practices the yeah. whole bowl week. I mean, they were they were like a fine you know tuned machine. 
they were out there and they had awesome practices, you know, and just standing around, you can kind of tell the difference in a good practice and a bad practice, even if you don't know anything about football, because, you know, the decibel level, you know, is up, up and down. That, and you can tell. And they had really, really good practices there. Yeah, that's true. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get up there. I left the day after Christmas on the 26th and uh, just going to be up there for one night, you know, game and come back. And we were on a bus uh, with seven people and Dr. Armand was on there as well. And so we get up, we start traveling, we going up, uh, you know, through Virginia and all like that. And I kind of, you know, dozed off a little bit and then woke up and I see Dr. Armand talking to the bus driver. And you can kind of hear him say, yeah, there's an off ramp here. You can do, you can take that right and then start heading back. Well, he comes walking. And I look at him. I said, please don't tell me. He goes, yep. He said, it'll be official in about 20 minutes. So I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I was on the bus for six hours, went to Virginia and came back and did nothing. Oh. <laughs> no, well, I, I tell you, my story was I got up early that morning and went to the Pirates were going to practice in Annapolis, have a walkthrough in Annapolis that morning. So I went to Annapolis early and found this great breakfast place and got me a nice breakfast. I thought this is going to be awesome. You know, wait for the Pirates to get here. And so a family behind me had Pirate stuff on and, and they said, excuse me, Mr. Babe, you heard the game's canceled. I said, no, that can't be right. I just left the hotel. And they said, well, uh, you better check your Twitter. Yeah. And, yeah. and it started to, you know, the rumors were out there on Twitter. I don't think at the time it had been definite yet. So it was like mad trying to call and make sure. And it was, yeah, it yeah, was bad. I, and as we turned around and come back, I, I got on the phone and called Tom McClellan, my boss, and he was driving up separately. So I called him. I said, hey, um, I'm hearing that the game's been canceled. And I say hearing meaning because we just did a U-turn and we're coming back to Greenville. He goes, yes, I just got off the phone. He goes, they're going to be doing a Zoom here in a few minutes. Can you get on the Zoom and record it, make sure all the media has it and things like that? It's like, sure. So as long as I got signal, sure enough, as soon as it started, I couldn't get a signal <laughs> at all on my on the bus Wi-Fi, my personal Wi-Fi, hotspot, nothing. I was like, well, you know, uh, somebody else will get it. But yeah, it, it, it happened literally that quick. Tom was in the process of packing his car, packing the car. And he got the phone call from I think uh, either Ryan or John Gilbert, and they said, "Yep, it's uh, it's been canceled, so we're going to let's get a release ready and all like that." And just just like that, it, it turned that quickly. And the pirate players and the coaching staff got on a, on the bus and went over to the White House to try to get some pictures before right. they left. And so I had to come back from Annapolis. If you know the, the distance there, even with traffic and everything, it was 40, 45 minutes, close to an hour. Got back and then had to go down downtown D.C. trying to find a big pirate bus. Yeah. And finally I saw it and I parked illegally and ran up. And I had a bag and, and my camera. And I remember uh, I, I dropped the bag, picked the camera up. I saw Coach Houston. I got a great soundbite with him talking about how disappointing it was. Right. I got Holt Nailers, got a couple of the quick players. And then a couple of the guys came up to me and they go, hey, Mr. Bailey, uh, security was getting ready to take this bag. And we told him it was ours, so they wouldn't <laughs> take it. So the Secret Service was out wow. there. They were going to take my bag and, and, and it was going to be confiscated. I would have been really up the creek if that had happened. But yeah. thankfully. Well, well that's. That right there just shows you how quick things can turn. And like yourself, you know, you're planning a, oh, day, yeah. a day to be at the field and then something haywire goes. Imagine, you know, if you're Jake Kirkendall who's, oh, I know. who's in charge of getting everybody to where they need to be. Right. And something changes on a dime like that. And, you know, how hectic it was for you. He's doing it for all the players, the coaches, yep. the buses. You know, he's got to, you know, be able to change things on a whim. So a guy like that and, and Ryan McManus who helps out as well. 
those guys got thankless jobs because it's it's uh, it's a grind every day for them. They're kind of like a referee in football. If you don't know anything about the referee, you don't hear from them. They things did their job. Good. Things Absolutely. are good, and that's how those guys are because they don't want they don't want a bus to be late. They don't want and some of the things out of their control. Absolutely, because I know we had to wait uh, coming back from was it Provo coming back from Provo. We had to wait for about like an hour an hour and a half. Provo, because, we did Cincinnati. We had to yeah. Have so there was some, there was yeah. and they there was nothing they could do. They those guys do a great great job and they they get you on that plane quickly off that plane quickly i mean they they just do an incredible job all right we've got breaking news from the american about the uh, players of the week so we're going to go to commercial break we'll come back with that malcolm gray is my guest we're going to talk about the pirate football season have some more bowl thoughts take your questions comments on our facebook live feed back with more on this victory monday on the brian bailey show right after this For the latest from the world of golf, tune in every Saturday morning from 8 to 10 for the Golf Shop Radio Show, presented by PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com, the golf capital of the world. Hosts Mark Greenhelch and Matt Blanchard talk golf from tee to green and everything in between. If you like golf, you're going to love Golf Shop Radio. Before you tee up, drop on in. Welcome to the Golf Shop. I'm Donald Stocks, owner of Pip Marketing Signs Print. We are your one-stop shop for just about anything printed. If we're not your go-to printer, please give us a call at 355-1636. We have over 80 five-star Google reviews and want you to be our next more than satisfied and well-pleased customer. Check us out at growitpip.com or stop in to see us at 3185 Mosley Drive in Greenville. Pip where business goes to grow. Sear Chop House is Greenville's only true chop house. We're open seven days a week. Seared combines a remarkable menu with an unrivaled atmosphere. Lunch or dinner at Seared is a quality driven experience where we highlight a thoughtful approach to locally sourced ingredients and hearty flavor rich cuisine. We're firing up the grill at Seared, Greenville's only true chop house located on Fire Tower Road at Bells Fork. Come see us at Seared seven days a week. Hey, Pirate Nation, Lindsey Gray here with Carolina Caliber. In 1960, my granddaddy started his firearm business right here in Eastern NC. Still family-owned and operated, we have the area's largest selection for outdoor shooting sports and accessories and are one of the nation's top firearm dealers. At Carolina Caliber, we have everything you need from hunting, home defense, and personal protection, including a wide variety for ladies and youth. We buy, sell, and trade. It's a time-honored tradition. Visit us at Carolina Caliber on Fire Tower Road in Winterville. This is Amanda Houston, and you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Go Pirates! You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned, community-powered. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to our show. I turned around, and all I saw were three empty chairs. I mean, everybody was gone. (laughs) Y'all get paid for the whole hour, don't you? We're back. Whew, man, I, I, came, I didn't even notice y'all were gone. I came back, I turned the mic on, I said, welcome back on this victory Monday. I was like, I don't hear anything. So I, I looked to my right, and there's all these three empty chairs. But we're back now. Everybody's back. Malcolm didn't leave us. Nope. True here. True professional. Absolutely. Yeah, you didn't leave I'm us. I'm not going to go anywhere. Malcolm Gray, me. assistant AD at East Carolina Media Relations. We talked about the uh, current bowl situation. We will know more coming up 
uh, by Sunday for sure, and hopefully we'll know a little bit more as information becomes available. Uh, Stephen Igo just tweeted out an interesting uh, projection from Sports Illustrated. Malcolm, what was it? He said uh, Boca Raton Bowl, um, Eastern Michigan versus Eastern Carolina. The Eastern Bowl. Yeah. yeah. That's from uh, Stephen Igo from Sports Illustrated. Well, sports, yeah, Sports Illustrated. Uh, that's what their just most recent projection uh, is out. Okay, the American naming Josiah Hatfield the special teams player of the week this week. Good for Josiah. What a great return for that touchdown. Oh man, he had he had a great game, and you could see you know leading up over the last couple games once he got back from his hamstring injury that uh, that he has the explosiveness to be able to break one. He just needed to get everything to fall into place and. The first kick return he had of uh, that game was like 48 yards or something like that. And then, you know, you, they started kicking it to, you know, Maceo, uh, uh, Maceo Donald or Jamoni Wilson, and they weren't kicking it deep. And then finally, in the, I guess in the second half, they decided to kick one deep. And he took it 97 yards to the house. And it's the first time uh, since, I think, 2020. We 2020. Talking, yeah. Tyler Sneed did that same thing uh, in Temple as well. So uh, great for him. And, uh, you know, he got a great honor. I asked Josiah after the game about the return, and I said, you know, we almost saw it in the, the first, you know, the first return. And I said, it was kind of like a little hint of things to come. And he smiled, and he said, well, I told the coaches, I said, well, you know, we got to go back to that same return because I think I can break it. And he said that the Temple kickoff wasn't exactly the same, but it, it, but it, it ended up being okay that he could return it from the three-yard line. And I'm telling you what, man, he – I said, what would you see? He said, all I saw was guys blocking for me and yeah. lots of green grass. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they did a great job on that kick return uh, coverage and, and everything. And I think if you go back and look, you'll see number 42, Jamoni Wilson, is right beside him, stride for stride. And that kick can run, too, for a uh, for a big guy. And, yeah, they won't. Uh, he was following his blocker. He was following Jamoni, and Jamoni would weave back in, you know, just to get in front of somebody so they couldn't make a tackle. But it was a, ends up being a real pivotal play of the game for, for the Pirates. Oh, yeah, because uh, every, Pirates would need each and every point. Yeah, they did. A game came down. And we're going to go through the, the entire schedule, but while we're on the Temple game, game came down. Temple had the football uh, after the long touchdown for East Carolina. Temple had the football third and one at about midfield, and they threw a pass over the middle that was knocked down. Right. So that set up fourth and one. And I really thought, you know, especially with a losing record, and Temple didn't have anything to lose, that they were going to go for it. And it's hard to stop. I don't care what team it is. It's hard to stop a team on fourth and one, fourth and inches, whatever it is. But th- they decided to punt the football away. Way. And I just thought, man, that's you know. I, yeah. It, it was interesting because they forced ECU to to you know use a timeout. So because ECU had two at that time, now they have one. And then yeah, they decided to punt it. And great job by Malik Fleming to you know get the punt. And I think he got like six, seven yards. So it kept us uh, you know basically about the eighteen to twenty-two yard line. And then right from there, you just saw Keaton Mitchell, you know. 12 yards this way, you know, Holt Naylor's dunk this way, and, you know, and ECU just methodically went down the field, and in that last play, I'm sitting on the, uh, by the ECU's bench, and, you know, where our, uh, our t- where the tunnel is, and, and I'm sitting there watching, and I see this open field, I'm like, hey, good, Colt, Holt Naylor's can run for it, get a first down, we still got a timeout, still a minute, 20 left to go, and then all of a sudden, I see him throw across his body, and I'm watching a jumbo scr- screen, and I'm like, no, no, I was like, how did he catch the ball? How did he know to look there? 
it was it was amazing. It was uh, it was really cool. Yeah, and it was you know the the third and one and the fourth and one and instead of you know going for you win the game right there if you if you get the conversion yeah, so you punt it away. Holton comes and, and that drive was very reminiscent of the North Carolina State game because Keaton Mitchell had a couple of you know plays in that deal and he was able to to make some things happen and then Holton told me he he said he rolled out and he saw him open early. And he got a little pressure, so he kept rolling. Then he saw him open late, and he heaved that bottom. I mean, he heaved it, and it came down right about where I was at. And yeah. I thought, man, and, and Jalen just ran right under it like a like an outfielder, basically. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a great play. And, and again, you know, Holton being left handed, running to his left, but he threw it across his body and across the field. That was a hell of a play, hell of a play, and that's that's why you know he's you know he's been a good quarterback for us, and he's got you know hopefully a bright future moving forward. You see, Keaton Mitchell was uh, honorable mention. We don't understand how that works out, but uh, Keaton had over 200 yards rushing. He's had six consecutive 100 yard plus games, mm-hmm. over a thousand yards for the season. He's going to go down as one of the, the best, and maybe go down as the best running back in East Carolina football history. I mean, he, if he stays the whole the whole time, I mean, he's got a chance, a, a great chance. He, he should. Yeah, he does. He's got seven 100-yard you know, games on the season, 14 for his career, which is third most. Uh, I think uh, Leonard Henry is one ahead of him. Or is it Carlos Crumpler? Uh, yeah, it's Carlos Crumpler Sr. is one ahead of him. Junior Smith is two. Um, you know, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. He's got the most 15-yard runs there is in the country by an FBS player with 29. I think he's got the most 20-plus-yard runs in the country uh a guy who can do it all he's small shifty you know and obviously i'm not saying something everybody doesn't know because they've seen him play for two years but man he's so small and when he gets a hole and he gets free watch out you can't catch him because the kid can run and and he's he's got so much patience yes i think that's what's been the big key i don't think the power i think the power offensive line has had a good year don't get me wrong i think coach shank's done a great job with those guys but i think that his patience has really helped that offensive line because he gets behind those big fellas and then he sees the smallest crease and he blasts right through and next thing you know he's got seven eight nine ten fifteen yards and and he's and he i'm telling you what man now he didn't get hit as hard this game as he did the last two, but uh, he got he's he's gotten some big time hits this year. He he has, and you know you think about it. I think he's thirteen hundred yards uh, on the season, and um, you know, and he's basically didn't play two games if you look at it. You know, if you take about the quarters that or the halves that he's been out, right? It's basically been uh, ten games that he's done this in, and that's. That's crazy. I mean, that's 130 yards that he's averaging on the ground. And if you throw in, you know, what he's doing receiving-wise and had that 73-yard receiving TD on the – Oh, yeah. That weird play. Um, But, you know, he's just – I mean, he's just – he's a great kid. You know, he loves ECU. There's no doubt about it. But – you know what he's been able to do this year. He should be a first-team All-Conference player, and how he didn't get Conference Player yeah. this week. Only thing I can think of is you know the running back from Tulane had 178 yards versus Houston or Cincinnati's defense, but um, you know, and they also won at Cincinnati, and Cincinnati hadn't you know lost in 32 straight games. But That's it shows you think of. it shows you the slimmest margin. I mean, East Carolina had Cincinnati on the ropes. I mean, yeah. you know, so you look at the schedule. Now, I, I want to go through and, and touch on some of the games. 
may not have time to go through all of them, but when you think back to the NC State game, and I know most people are going to come come back and think about the kicking problems at the end, but the thing I'll never forget about that game, along with those those issues, is the goal line stand the Pirates put up in, in that fourth quarter. I mean, that's what championship teams are made of, and that's the moment that I thought, hey, this team could be special because they, they did a great job with that. They did. I think it was first and goal from the three-yard line, and they – they NC State did not get a single single yard. It might have gone up a yard and then went back a yard. But uh, that last play when the running back was running right and Julius Wood just came through that hole and hit him. I mean, you could all, I mean you could hear it, you know, uh, up in the press box with the ref mic or the crowd feed. He absolutely destroyed that running back. And you're right, that right there kind of turned the game. And then you know ECU went down. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think they went down and scored on that drive. So uh, yeah, I mean, you, there's a lot. You know, you look back on the season. There's lots of things that you can pick pick out, good, bad, and the ugly. You know, type deal. And uh, that's definitely one of the best ones because that if you look at ECU's rush defense, I think it's top. 30 in the country. Um, they force turnovers. Uh, and here's the thing, you know, we were talking about it after the game. How about ECU hadn't had a turnover in six straight That's games. crazy. I need to go back and see the last time that happened because I think it's been a while. That's unbelievable, really, because you think about, you know, the old coaching adage is that when you throw the football, three things can happen and two of them are bad. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, no interceptions, no fumbles. And, and I saw uh, another stat. Me and Steve and I go were talking about it the other day. Uh, he showed me something on Pro Football Focus. How about Keaton Mitchell – in his career. Don't say it. Don't say yeah. it. We got a bowl game to yeah, play. Wait until after the bowl game. Yeah, I know. But still, it's All right, out Go there. ahead and say it. No, you told me not to, but you, you know where I'm going. But yeah. that just shows He you. hasn't had a miscue carrying yes. the football. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. That, that's it. And, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, you know, it's a stat. People look at it. People have been talking about it. But I didn't really think about it until someone mentioned it to me. But, uh, you know. And there are lots it, of running backs that are great that don't fumble very often. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you, there's nothing you can do about Correct. it. The, the, if, if a defender puts their helmet on the football, you're going to lose it, yeah. no matter how good you are. Yeah. And Julius Wood has been really good at that. Yes. Julius Wood, I think, ranks ninth in the nation in forced fumbles. And I think he has three or four on the season. So that just goes to show you. I mean, you, even if you're holding it correctly, you're doing everything correctly. You know, you you get in there, you, you know, head up, bite the ball, hit and drive. That's what I was always taught. And you know, the ball can come loose. And he's done a great job. Malcolm Gray, our guest. We got a couple commercial breaks to get in, so we'll take a commercial break right now. We'll come back. We'll continue on. You guys stay put back there. <laughs> back with more after this. The Angus Grill is your premier spot for the best burgers, cheesesteaks, and brisket sandwiches around. Join us for our unmatched variety of burger combinations. From the mushroom bacon Swiss burger to the jalapeno popper burger to the original Angus classic. Pair that burger with our amazing onion rings, tots, fries, or sweet potato fries. Angus Grill, with four amazing locations in eastern North Carolina, including Winterville near Pitt Community College, on Jarvis Street in uptown Greenville, and on Statensburg Road near the hospital. It's the best burger around. Guaranteed. Hi, I'm Ken Hagler of Taft, Taft & Hagler. We're proud to be sponsors of The Brian Bailey Show and The Pirate Nation on Pirate Radio, the voice of The Pirate Nation. If you've been injured on the job or due to someone else's negligence in an automobile collision, call us at 752-2000 for a free consultation with experienced professionals who care. Go Pirates! It's bow time. You've probably heard folks say, don't call it a comeback. But at Bojangles, we don't like to beat around the bush. 
So when the sizzling, savory pork chop griller's back in all its tender, marinated chili lime glory, and you can get a pork chop griller combo for just $4.59, go ahead, call it a comeback. Get a legendary pork chop griller combo for just $4.59, only at Bojangles. It's bow time. Tis the season for connection, and U.S. Cellular is celebrating by offering any phone free for everyone, any brand, any storage, for new and current customers. Plus, our price protection guarantee means that your rates won't go up. That's locally grown connection. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Visit us in-store or online for details on getting any phone free today. You've been waiting all year to replace your old phone, and now the Christmas deals are finally here. The team at Sailor Warehouse is loaded up with free phones for everyone. That's right, free, baby. Don't wait, because these deals won't last long. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 and let one of their experienced sales associates come right to your office or home. Sailor Warehouse, your local U.S. Sailor authorized agent. The only agents that deliver phones, tablets, and routers right to your front door. Do you ever talk to yourself about where to eat today, and then you hear, Warren's Hot Dogs. Then you're thinking, yeah, two hot dogs, chips, and a drink for only six twenty-five would be awesome. Warren's Hot Dogs. And maybe some homemade lemonade, perhaps a pizza or a sub, and definitely an apple or peach turnover. Warren's Hot Dogs. Don't overthink where to eat today. Go to Warren's Hot Dogs in Greenville across from Ron Ayers or in Chacoanity next to the fire station. Warren's Hot Dogs, serving the Pirate Nation since 1991. Go Pirate. This is Mike Houston, head football coach at East Carolina University, and you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned utilities mean local control, low rates, and high reliability. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. Malcolm Gray from Media Relations in East Carolina is our guest. We've talked bowls. We've talked uh, some of the early season, the uh, NC State game. You know, I think back to the Old Dominion and the Campbell game, and I always remember what Coach Ruff said. He said, you know, you lose a tough one. He said, you try losing that Old Dominion or that Campbell game and see where you're at. <laughs> and so I think that's the same thing East Carolina was thinking with Coach Houston was hey we gotta we gotta find a way to win those games and the Pirates were able to win uh, both of those contests. Navy came to town probably one of the most disappointing uh, losses. I think Navy and Houston will go down as the two most disappointing losses for East Carolina. Uh, in the Navy game Pirates had the football ready to go win it uh, holding through the pick. Navy won it in double overtime and another kicking issue as far as that goes but uh, you know when, when you're playing in a conference and, and you have aspirations for a conference championship and you lose that first conference game against a team that's your favorite to beat that's a real gut punch isn't it it is and it makes you have to refocus real quickly and uh you know the good things that you did in that game even if you might have lost you know are definitely outweighed by the one or two plays that uh that kind of cost you the game but yeah it's always hard trying to play from play from behind the eight ball and unfortunately that's the way it started out with that loss against navy pirates then traveled to boca raton that was the weekend of the hurricane i'll never forget that one because it was raining cats and dogs oh. Here in Greenville, and I remember the folks with, with, with the airlines had come and said, "Okay, you guys can can go on out there." So it's pouring rain. Jeff Charles and myself and about four or five others, we go running out there. We get up to the top of the steps, and the lady's like, "No, no you, you can't, can't come on yet. <laughs> we don't have our crew up here. You can't go on." And Jeff looked at him and was like, "Well, lady, I'm gonna get on. I'm gonna go over here and stay dry and do what you want to." <laughs> so I followed Jeff, and then we stood right there, and everybody else that was behind us had to go all the way down the steps. And all. that was me. I was, <laughs> I was one of those. Yeah, I was absolutely drenched on that one. <laughs> It was crazy, but we didn't, you know, we only went where they told us to go, yeah. and then they told us to go all the way up the steps, and it didn't didn't work out so well, did it? But uh, but we got 
got down to Boca Raton. It was great weather. That was the C.J. Johnson show. He had a couple yeah. of great one-on-ones. And he uh, beat out the defender. And great catches there. One of the biggest days of the year uh, for East Carolina as the Pirates would roll by South Florida 48-20. That's the one that we said something to Coach Houston about uh, holding on. And he's like, we won by 20. We got to hold it on. <laughs> but they were way up in that game and really played well. The Tulane trip to New Orleans, always a great trip. You get to go to the Big Easy. I remember walking down and uh, seeing some of the French Quarter that morning before. We, the Pirates stay in a great hotel right there by the Riverwalk right yeah. there. And, uh, and Tulane was really a good football team. Uh, I still I think back to that game, the Pirates were, were down 14-9 and the Pirates had the football at the Tulane 26 or 27 and Holton had a receiver that was open for a second, but I think it was a late pass and Tulane got the interception and that was pretty much the, the rest of the game right there. Yeah, and, and you know, if you now fast forward, you know, from that game to what, what you're seeing is good, you know, happened this past weekend, Tulane is a real, real good oh, yeah. team. I mean, they got uh, one loss, maybe two, but two losses, one in the conference, and they're playing for a conference championship first time ever. They're hosting, uh, you know, and then they got Central Florida uh, UCF that they're going to be playing, so that's going to be a great game, so you can actually see that uh, they ended up being a really good team, and they have a really good defense. The Pirates season kind of hinged right there with uh, the Memphis, the UCF, and then the away game at BYU. Pirates played their best football in that series of games, beating Memphis in four overtimes. Wow. That had so many ebbs and flows in the game you kind of felt like when it was over with you were like drained mentally drained physically drained I mean and didn't even play in the game yeah and I know you and I were because you know they kept flipping the fields and you and I were walking side by side yeah. down to, to the you know the east end zone to west end zone back and forth back and forth but the uh, Pirates were able to pull that one out that's when I decided to go right down the middle of the field <laughs> I'm not going around that bench I'm going to go right down the middle a Pirates won at 47-45 uh, the highlight of the season was the big win over UCF because uh, the Pirates were dominant uh, the painted black game and East Carolina just dominated a UCF team that will play for the American Championship coming up this weekend but that was no contest East Carolina was the much much better team in that game yeah no doubt if I'm not mistaken I think they ran eight plays of you know on uh, offense in the first quarter and that was it I mean ECU just methodically they got a pick um, I think there was a fumble and ECU controlled it and, and I think we had in that game maybe three touchdown drives that went like seven plus minutes. I mean, that I talked with Coach Houston, you know, the following week and I said, Coach, I didn't realize that. He goes, yeah. I said, well, I guess the game plan was to keep it out of their offensive hands. He goes, you absolutely believe it. That's exactly what it was. Pirates then went to Provo, Utah and I, I still just can't believe I've always heard people say how places are beautiful and, and you, you have to see it to believe it and I believe you know some of the st- places I've been that Melissa's gotten me to go to on vacation and stuff those are just uh, tropical places that are beautiful you have to see them in person but Provo Utah you have to go and see that is just it's like a postcard mm-hmm. you're walking around the town and it's like a postcard and it was absolutely gorgeous and that was that's a trip I'll never forget yeah it was it was a great trip you know obviously we got the win but you know that place is loud it's beautiful just sitting in the press box you look out and all you see is you know the mountains the white caps uh at the top of the mountains and it was a little it was chilly and then what's really weird is how loud it gets because you're you know the stadium is basically kind of cut into the mountain and it's, yeah. it's lower and man it was loud and it was uh it was really good 
uh, atmosphere, and uh, you know we were able to you know pick up a win there. That was a huge, huge win when you come down to a bowl eligibility. Uh, and East Carolina was bowl eligible after that victory. The Cincinnati game, I think when you look at it, Pirates lost 27-25 on the road on a Friday night. Very disappointing uh, because the Pirates really felt like they were in a position to win. I think when you look back on it, there were some questionable calls. The last play of the game, CJ's over the middle, and, and he, he lost an arm on the deal, and no, there was no call. And I think when you looked at, at that, and you never want one loss to turn into two, Enough. but I think that you know when you look, there's no rhyme or reason that the Pirates lost to Houston 42-3. to Nothing about that makes any sense because you've seen the same football team out there, the same players, the same guys, and it just it, it didn't make any sense when, it was, when I was watching it. It still doesn't make any sense, and I think that that's just a great instance where one loss did turn into two. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, uh, Coach Houston has said multiple times that it was probably a hangover effect, and uh, you, you know, and you hear people in the media and everybody talking, well, you know, uh, they were already bowl eligible once they knew that they couldn't win the conference championship. You know, all these things led to one to another, and they were still mathematically alive uh, for, you know, if they would have won that Houston game. But you're right, you know, they absolutely dominated Cincinnati other than the kickoff return, and they had those two long touchdown passes. Absolutely dominated them on every statistical front that you can think of. Um, you know, there was a play that Keaton got knocked out. I think that was a oh, cheap shot. That was a horrible, and, and, horrible and, uh, play. And so he was gone. So then all of a sudden you lose your running attack a little bit. And then, yeah, a couple calls, especially, you know, the one you're referring to was CJ over in the middle where he, you know, he, he got robbed and, and nobody, <laughs> they didn't do anything. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they probably threw the flag and they picked it up, which, you know, I don't understand, but this year that's happened a lot for ECU. And I've seen it in college football, but definitely a lot uh, for ECU where there's been a lot of flags thrown and all of a sudden we just pick them up. There's no there's no PIs or anything like that. So that's got to be frustrating. There was a frustrating play in the Temple game where I think CJ was running down the yeah. sideline. I was standing right there. The referee threw the flag and I thought, you know, that's a great call because he's, he's hindering his ability to get to the football. And then they picked it up. Yeah. I, I just don't understand who comes out and says, hey, you know, that's really not passing. Even though you think you saw and you threw your flag, I'm going to talk you well, out of it. The crazy thing, if you go back and look, so the, the, you know, the guy downfield is the one that threw the flag. Instead of talking to the you know the white hat the head referee he talked to the line judge and the line judge said no it wasn't and so he just picked it up i think at that point you have to go to the head referee and and ask his opinion but it's also he probably didn't see it and the other guy did um or at least or he didn't see it apparently but uh yeah it's kind of it was it was crazy and you know that could have been a big turning point in the game too then and then, of course, the game came down. East Carolina got the football back uh, very late in the game, and Holt Naylor's hit Jalen Johnson. Was it a minute eleven to play when they, yeah. they connected? So, so, and and the defense, as maligned as it was, as as many problems they had all day long, they had to make a stop, and they were able to do that at the very end. And, and that's you know sometimes you have a bend but don't break defense, and that's what we saw. Yeah, absolutely. And you know another reason that they probably went for it, you know, or they decided to punt instead of go for a fourth and one. I think if you go back, look at how our Defense has played in the short yardage this year, and how tough and stingy is. Maybe that was something. It may have. It could have been something, but uh, you know, I would think you would go for it right then there, just to be on the safe side. All right. Luckily for East Carolina, the Pirates were able to prevail, forty nine forty six in the season finale, seven and five, and headed to a bowl game. We we're going to wrap things up with Malcolm Gray coming up. This is our last commercial break, and then we'll be back, and we'll have some final bowl thoughts after this. All 
All anniversaries are special, but because it's Bostick Sug Furniture's 85th anniversary extravaganza, we packed a lot into our big extravaganza with not one, not two, but three ways to save. Extra 10% off, plus 1937 local delivery, plus six months special financing on all in-stock and custom orders. Change your mattress, change your life, and get 48 months special financing during the big 85th anniversary extravaganza on now at Bostick Sug Furniture. The best burgers around. Everyone loves a thick, juicy, and fresh burger. Tiebreakers in Greenville, plus the all-new Tiebreakers in Winterville do real burgers better than anybody. So don't just go to any burger-themed restaurant chain. It's time to break the chain and eat local. Tiebreakers, real burgers at its best. Everybody loves burgers. Your vehicle is a big part of your life. That's why you should trust the team at Greenville Auto World for all your vehicle needs. Greenville Auto World believes in fair prices, superior service, and treating customers right. Visit GreenvilleAutoWorld.net to see their fully stocked inventory of SUVs, trucks, and cars. Need a lift kit, custom rims, or wheels? Greenville Auto World can upgrade your vehicle today. For sales or service, visit Greenville Auto World on Highway 43 in Greenville. The Rick House is Eastern North Carolina's premier American-style restaurant and bourbon bar with daily specials. And here's the lineup. Mondays feature $7 margaritas and half-price appetizers. Tuesday is stuffed seafood night. Wednesday is date night. Thursday is roasted smoked lamb chop night. Fridays is prime rib night. And Saturday is Italian night and is also Fred and Wilma night with our 36-ounce bone-in tomahawk steak just like the Flintstones. And on Sunday is our legendary brunch from 10 to 2. The Rick House, American Provisions and Spirits 710 Red Banks Road beside the bowling alley in Greenville. Be sure to check out David Price Construction for all of your commercial or custom residential renovation and building needs. Run by ECU alumni, David Price Construction specializes in commercial projects, maintenance on facilities, and large-scale residential renovations and additions. Proud to be voted the Remodeler of the Year by the Home Builders Association of Raleigh-Wake County in 2018 and Best Business Commercial Remodel Project winner for 2020. David Price Construction, the proud ECU Home Services Partner. At Jimmy John's, we don't make sandwiches. We make the sandwich of sandwiches. We use fresh veggies because we don't hate salads. We just feel bad for them. We make our sandwiches exactly how you want because you're the one who's eating it. And we bake bread all day, every day, because stale bread isn't bread. It's croutons. Sandwich history is written by the victors. Good thing we have legible handwriting. Jimmy John's, the sandwich of sandwiches. Order pickup or delivery on the app. This is Jeremy Lewis, and you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, working for our community, not for shareholders. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to our show. I want to wish the best of luck to New Bern's Bears, to Wallace Rose Hills Bulldogs, East Duplin's Panthers, Tarboro's Vikings, as they continue on play in the East Regional Finals coming up on Friday night. Next week will be the state championships. We feel pretty good that Tarboro will probably play in the 1A state championship. We know East Duplin or Wallace Rose Hills the winner there is going to play in the 2A state championship and Newburn continues their role so they could be in the uh, 4A state championship. Chapel Hill and Raleigh are the two sites for that so uh, best of luck to those teams. Uh, next week we're going to talk hopefully with a bowl representative 
from whichever bowl the Pirates are going to. So we're going to work on that through Malcolm, try to get Coach Houston on for a few minutes maybe to talk about uh, what he thinks about the matchup. Uh, as we said earlier in the show, my gut feeling is the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. I thought it was going to be Duke at first. Now the word is it could be Syracuse, but none of that's official. All of that is just people kind of guessing like myself, like Malcolm, and we all just kind of take we take all the stats and everything we see and we kind of go from there. So keep your eye on social media. Of course, as soon as something breaks, Pirate Radio will have it out as uh, we will too at WNCT TV. So uh, looking forward to the bowl game. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, these kids deserve it. Um, you know, back to back seven win seasons, back to back bowls, uh, bowl eligibility since first time since uh, you know twelve and thirteen. Uh, it's been a great season. We've had a lot of you know we've had some a lot of highs, a couple of lows. Uh, great individual performances. We just you know let them continue one more week, and uh, then uh, we can sit back and reflect and say, hey, you know this was this was a hell of a season. So just got to go get that win to close it out. Pirates are off this week. Most of the coaching staff and uh, all the players off for most of the yeah. entire. I think Coach Houston said in the locker room they were celebrating. Goes, hey, yeah. hey, we're off this week, so uh, they're trying to heal up and get ready for the bowl game. But that'll be a lot of fun. So uh, hang on for that. That's our show for today. We'll see you back here next week on the Brian Bailey Show.